I mean, my heart's beating. My heart's beating. My hands are shaking. My hands are shaking, but I'm still shooting. I'm still getting the headshots. It's like boom, headshot. Boom, headshot. Boom, headshot. Just gonna send it. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Just Effin' Send It Podcast. Hope y'all like that new intro music first episode with it. Kind of spliced that video and audio together and thought it was pretty funny. Fuck it. We're going to send it. Um, tonight's guest, we've got Dan back from uh, Two Vets Sporting Goods. But before we get started, i got a couple announcements. Uh, let's see. The start. First things first. We're going to go with the uh, winner of the giveaway. This was for the... Um, the pouch and the uh, the Kiwi mag holsters and stuff like that. And the winner was for your entry what the contest was. If you don't remember, it was basically share the link to the podcast on your social media, say some shit, and then email me a copy uh, of a screenshot of it. And it is going to Cody Hansen, C-O-D-Y Hansen. So, Cody, send me another email, just FN, send it, PC at gmail.com with your uh, address and all that shit, and I'll get this out to you this week. Um, also, and I, I hate to, I hate to even have to bring this up, but I was asked to on the podcast. But for you, uh, Snipers Hide members, we have a, we've got a member, we've got a brother that uh, is going through some tough times. He uh, l- fortunately lost their thirteen-year-old son. Um, he was in. I'm not sure of all the details. He was in the hospital, and it. It didn't go his way, and uh, and he lost his thirteen year old son, and of course, with that come you know mounting medical bills. So um, we're doing kind of like a without GoFundMe, we're doing a GoFundMe, and if you if you want to send anything, five bucks, ten bucks, hundred bucks, whatever, um, his uh, his PayPal address is. 70 to zero at yahoo.com. That is S E V E N T Y T O Z E R O. So it's just spelled out 70 to zero at yahoo.com. So yeah, just give him, Hey, give him whatever you can, whatever you're willing to. I know he'll appreciate it. His family could definitely use it because I mean, you can imagine what those medical bills are like, but aside from medical bills, you can't imagine, you know, you can't, unless you've been through it, you can't imagine what it's like to lose a kid. I know I can't. I don't even like to think about the possibility of ever losing mine. So, um, you know, our, our brother's going through tough times, so let's help him out. Um, anyway, uh, all right, Dan, welcome back, buddy. How you doing? Well, I'm doing, bud. How yourself? Oh, yeah, man. Look, this is the first podcast recorded on the roadcaster i've had this bitch for like two months and every podcast i've done has been like a, a truck cast so i was recording from my phone this i'm finally getting to use this damn thing and uh yeah so far i'm liking it. i had to get a new microphone set up um got you know the boom and, and everything and still kind of playing with it and see, you know making sure i get everything right and the volume and all that jazz so this actually affords me the ability Bean, you were talking via telephone right now. 
So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm able to do that so we don't have to worry about internet, you know, speeds or connectivity or anything like that. So, you know, this actually works out pretty good. My phone is just Bluetooth through it. And, um, yeah, I'm digging it so far. So Yeah, it's always nice when you find technology like that, kind of make it a little bit easier to do things that you love. So Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, <clears throat> it uh, – I mean, I'm not the most technical, technologically savvy dude, as everyone knows, and I probably won't ever be. But, I mean, this thing does make it pretty simple. And it opens up more possibilities to be able to do some cool shit or whatever, like just like the intro or whatever. And if I want to do some, some stupid-ass sound effects, I can do that or whatever. But, anyhow, it is what it is. So, last time we talked, it was, what, I don't know, a couple of weeks before SHOT Show 2022? Yeah, yeah, we talked um, just before I headed out there. It was uh, it was pretty cool, man. Shot, shot, uh, SHOT was fun. From what I told, it was, I mean, it was pretty uh, calm this year, but, I mean, the general consensus was, was that, um, you know, you got a lot more of the serious guys that wanted to be there because it was such a nightmare to be there, so... Um, I guess it wasn't like the typical where you have 5 million people just running up trying to grab stickers or decals to, you know, sell on eBay and all that other fun stuff. So um, it was cool. It was was definitely, I felt like a lot of people that I personally talked to and uh, a lot of people that stopped by the annual defense booth were, uh, you know, genuine customers and, you know, wanted to interact and uh, find out about some products. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of, calls out some of the the tire kickers and window shoppers and stuff and yeah like you say everybody wants you know free shit you know this is actually people who who had intentions of either making big purchases maybe you know whether it be whatever entity they may be representing or whether it be just a you know a, a normal dude who had the opportunity to go and 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 took it and was like, Hey, look, I would really like that. Whenever it hits the market, I, yeah, I'm definitely buying one, but they, they, they get the finger fuck stuff. And I'm sure that's uh you had a lot of those. So that's, that's good. So yeah. tell me yeah, about what was, you had. Uh, so uh, we launched this year, just, just prior to going to shot show, I kind of sent it out to the market, but we had a shot show off. We did um, the recon V2 and the QDC V2. So, um, the recon and the QDT are, are definitely two of our most popular models. Um, and what we did is we basically took the overall top of the tripod and we brought it in from five and a half inches to three and a half inches. Um, so basically with that, a lot, a lot of guys to do is, you know, you got the guys that are running their ball heads um, that don't need that overall large top. Um, even guys that are running, you know, true on uh, leveling heads, uh, we were able to overall reduce the size of the tripod as far as being packed in or fitting into a gun case. So it's a lot more manageable. So, um, we got a lot of really good reaction from it and, uh, they're, they're selling really well. I mean, I'm super happy and super stoked. I mean, I, I run the recon V2 for most of my matches and I personally love it, man. I think it's the best tripod to be honest with you. Yeah. It's going to be kind of like the, the, I guess maybe, the best at both worlds, maybe, uh, you know, you know, something, a, a good, in my opinion, a good sign of something as far as its versatility is that it may not be the absolute best at everything, but if it's the second best at everything, that's the best thing. 
if that makes sense. You get what I'm saying? You know, it, it's one of those general purpose. It can crush at whatever you're using it for, as opposed to a, a product that is perfect for this one aspect, but it, it pales in comparison in all the other aspects. And, you know, that's a very specialized tool that I, I think that, you know, you're better off going with the thing that is, is kind of, going to get the job done and get it job, get the job done very well of all the jobs, get all the jobs done like that. And I think whether it be spotting or whether it be, you know, uh, supporting your rifle and, and, and getting that wobble zone down, whether it be, Hey, how it holds up in the wind because you know, you're out West guys. I mean, there's tripods falling down all over the place. And, you know, something that can hold up there or whether it be how packable it is or whether it be how light it is or all these different things. The more of those check marks you can mark off, it's a, it's, it's a mark of a well-designed product that might fit the bill of all the bills better than any other one. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, you know, personally, I mean, I get asked all the time and I mean, kind of what, you know, I, I do differently is. Um, you know, I'll ask people what they're doing and I always encourage people to, you know, like I said, in the last podcast, give us a call. Um, and I deal with a lot of guys that, you know, like I had a guy today, I mean, he's like, yeah, I want a tripod. I'm shopping around, you know, but, this is now I'm like, all right, what are you going to be doing? And he told me what he was going to be doing. It was kind of like a mix of, of every, um, you know, of every genre. He's like, you know, I'm gonna, I want a back, back country hunt. I want something, you know, for my PRS spotting and just range planking. Um, you know, that's a different tripod. That's, that's like the kit, the kit, that super lightweight three and a half pound tripod. Um, whereas the, you know, the recon V2 in that particular aspect was a little bit too big, a little bit too heavy, a little bit too long. Um, so, I mean, in my opinion, for what I do, um, I, I definitely, I like the recon V2. I get guys that, you know, call me up and they're like, Hey man, I'm just doing, you know, straight PRS or coyote hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's where the QDT or QDT V2. I mean, have you gotten, have you done any coyote hunting, man? Dude. Yeah. Around here. I mean, honestly, I've killed more coyotes out of my window here than I have gone like actually coyote hunting. Now I, I actually enjoy the calling equally as much as I do the shooting of them because I, I don't, when I coyote hunt, I don't even use, I have a electric collar, but I, I don't use, I use all diaphragm calls. Yeah. So that's like, you know, the predator equivalent of turkey hunting. So obviously you can't use an electric call when you're turkey hunting. Well, at least in North Carolina. I don't know if you can at other places, but, uh, you know, I, I enjoy using the diaphragm calls for whether it be, you know, pup distress, howling to locate, whether it be, you know, trying to call in with, like I said, pup distress with uh, rabbit distress, blue jay distress. I've got a can of like six different diaphragm calls that I use. So honestly, the call for me, I'm not a good one to ask because I, I don't have this big stacked up you know, pile of coyotes that I've killed because I mean, a lot of times that I'm calling, I don't even have a gun with me. I've literally pulled over on the side of the road. I was like, man, this looks like a really coyote esque place. And I'll call like just literally middle of the day or the morning or the evening. I'll, I'll call 
and then I'll wait to hear something back, and then, you know, whatever. So, I mean, I've killed quite a few coyotes, but I'm not the, the dedicated predator hunter. Majority of my predator hunting is during while I'm deer hunting, you know? Yeah. I will ruin yeah. a deer hunt to kill a coyote. Yeah. A lot of, uh, you know, I, I cover for me, business crosses a lot of different, um, a lot of different genres, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the whitetail hunter to the male LEO aspect to the CRS guy, the team, you know, the coyote guys. Um, and I ended up getting into coyote hunting this year and it's kind of been part of my market for the last probably going on about a year. I, I started getting really kind of involved in the market. Um, right. And man, I, I've had, dude, I've had some fun, man. I got, uh, I got a Daniel, Daniel Fenn sent me a Mark 12 and then I put a, uh, I got a can from a friend of mine, diligent defense. Um, that can's stupid quiet. And then I ran a AGM rattler for a good bit of the year. And then I switched over now, uh, recently to, um, the halo LR envision man. And that, oh, yeah, yeah, dude. I got I got sixty five acres behind my house, and I'll tell you what, man. It's I've I've whacked quite a few dogs at my back door, and it's uh, dude, it's so much fun. It's it's a whole different ball game, in my opinion. Uh, another drug. I haven't slept well, and the season luckily just ended, so I might actually catch some normal sleep now. Wait, y'all got a coyote season? Yeah, so I live in one of them great states where, you know, we can only hunt six months out of the year. So Holy shit, I don't even know what that's about. Like, it, it's literally, in North Carolina, I think, I would I would think most states, like, we can year-round, any, I mean, you can blow them up if you want to. I mean, like, you could use fucking dynamite. And, I mean, it's literally just like hogs. Like, it's open season. There's, there is no season. And, you know, it's, it's stack them, stack them high. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'm surprised you're allowed to use freaking thermal or night vision. Like, so you can use night vision. Um, you can hunt day or night here. Uh, you know, there's a set season for it. I, I mean, I know I'm not the only state to have a set season. I know there's a bunch of other, uh, bunch of other dudes out there that have set seasons too. Uh, and yeah, dude, it's, it's super fun. I mean, I've gotten to a point now where, I really haven't slept much for <laughs> probably the last four or five weeks, um, but it's been a good time. I mean, we went out second to last day, the end of the season, and it kind of sucked to watch, but um, we watched like six dogs take down a deer. Oh, and man. I, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was a little crappy, but they were like 550 yards and I'm shooting a two, two, three. And I'm like, I, you know, I could send one in the woods, but they ain't really going to do much. Um, so we tried to get down there and by the time we got down there, they were, they were long gone, but it was, uh, it was interesting, I guess, to say, you know, definitely a circle of life, but, um, it was definitely interesting to see. I mean, I tried to call them out and get them to come out and they wouldn't. So it was what it was, man. Yeah. I, and honestly, I've never, I've never had the opportunity to hunt with them, hunt for, uh, anything really with night vision or, or thermal. I just, it's, I mean, it's almost like one of, I look at kind of like duck hunting. I've never been duck hunting in my life. I literally have zero ambitions to ever start duck hunting. But I've been told to, if I don't want to duck hunt, continue down this path because if I go duck hunting, I'm going to be tore up with it and be addicted to it. And if I know, I know if I get behind a damn thermal and I can shoot a song dog at 400, 500 yards with one, I'm going to up selling some shit to get some thermal, and I don't want to do that. I'd prefer just 
to spend, you know, continue my budget for all my bullshit that I that I do right where it is um, instead of add another thing to it. It's the thing about jujitsu. It's jujitsu is cheap, and yep. <laughs> like it, other than medical bills and shit, I got to get my shoulder in my ride. But that wasn't even from jujitsu. But anyway, uh, yeah. that's yeah. it. Sounds so much fun. It looks so much fun. The video and the footage that you know on YouTube or whatever people, it looks like a blast. Yeah, my first, you know, honestly, my first kill was out. It was out. Behind, I got six five acres out behind my house, and I kind of it's like a valley that runs through. And, um, it was actually cool cause I shot it off a tripod, but long story short, I had a dog I saw that was like middle of the mountain. It was probably about 450 yards. And I, I was toying with this dog. I didn't know how to call or anything. And I was toying with him for like over an hour. Um, and I've talked to friends of mine and like really experienced hunters and like, yeah, we call for a half hour and then we beat feet and then we move to a different spot and we call for a half hour and beat feet and move to a different spot. So. I literally sat out here for probably a solid, I don't know, probably hour and a half. Um, got him close enough in. He was like 150 yards when I took the shot. I shot him with my uh, Dana Defense Delta Pro. And I had my AGM on top. And once you kill one, it's, it's worse than crack. I mean, PRS can't even put, I mean, you can't put a candle to how much money you'll spend if you get involved in thermal. It's just, it's, it's sickening. It's absolutely sickening, but it's it's so much fun, and it's you won't sleep, man, if you start doing it. To be honest with you. Yeah, and the you know when I go, if I actually go somewhere to to coyote hunt, what I'll typically do is uh, the evening before I'll kind of put them to bed. I'll call them, and and if I if I get them calling back and kind of get an idea where they are, that's where I'll yeah. come back in the morning. And so I'll get out there right before light, kind of like deer hunting and get out there right before light and stuff like that. And then call again. And they depend on the time of year is going to determine how mobile they are or aren't. So in the summer months, they're, they're moving a lot more. Obviously it's warm that they're not real hunkered down. Um, and not, not to mention also the calls that you use. So in, you know, this time of year right now is a really good time to do like pup distress, fawn distress, stuff like that, because, well, everything is, is really dropping, dropping babies. And whether it be a coyote baby or whether it be a, a, a fawn, you know, something they eat, you know, it's a good, it's a good time to use that or, you know, or maybe a month or so ago, if you could do, um, just some bar, it's, it's more so they're kind of like mating season, um, a little while. Actually, they're not really pupping yet. I think they pup a little bit later. They're breed. They well, I don't. I, I'm not super super educated, but it's breeding. It's breeding season out here, us. Um, right. Yeah. That's okay. So right now, it, it's the best thing to do would be uh, blowing like fawn distress, and then also if you know whether it be like challenging, basically the equivalent of like snort weaving for bucks, right? Like grunt calls, stuff like that. The the equivalent. For coyotes, it, that right now is a good time to be doing that. So, um, yeah, and, you know, and in the winter, in the winter months, I mean, you do the same thing. Or when it's cold, you know, it's they they do kind of hunker down a lot more. So, if you know, you find them on a Friday, well, there's a good chance they're going to be there Saturday and Sunday as well. Um, yeah, I've I've had a lot. 
and it's probably because they suck at calling. Um, I've, I've called a couple in and killed them on a call. And then I've also, I mean, basically my backyard, I can sit here and just let them and watch them run through. I mean, they, they run, they're basically forced through where I live because they run, um, it's either they're running the ridge or they're running down below. And if they're running down below, I mean, I've had days where I've just sat out on the porch and I'll sit out back for like an hour, two hours with thermal. And I'll just, you know, I'll scan back and forth. And I mean, sometimes I'll see one, uh, it, but it's super, super addicting. And it's, it's like worse than anything I've ever experienced, to be honest with you. But I've had, we had a real, real serious case of mange out here. So I've killed probably like five or six dogs with pretty decent mange on them. Hmm. Um, and I just went out. Yeah, man. And I just, I didn't realize, so I Google this, but they can live two years of mange. And every dog I've killed with mange, they, um, I don't know how familiar you are with it, but they'll basically, it's like a mite in their skin. Oh, and yeah. they'll basically, yeah. They, and so they'll have plus up legs. I had one dog that I'd seen a couple times and I wanted to shoot him because, I mean, it was like the humane thing to do because he was real bad mange and he was limping. And I'm like, dude, I just want to put, put him down, put him out of his misery. Um, I ended up catching up with him like probably a couple days after I had saw him and uh, yeah, it sucks, dude. It's, it's crappy to be honest with you, but I yeah. just collected them all. Oh, I just oh, yeah. collected them all. We've got the ones I've got around here at the house. Uh, they're, I mean, I haven't seen or actually heard any in a little while, but the ones that I were seeing before I shot them, they were, they were pretty furred up pretty good. They, I think I've only killed one that was a little bit mangy. Uh, but he wasn't like, actually, she wasn't super bad off. Um, she wasn't like tore slam up with it, but you could tell if, if I hadn't, she would have uh, eventually, but um, yeah, yeah. The, the, the ones here are, I've had, I shot one that was, I mean, for the South was a pretty big freaking dog. Um, but, uh, and nice and furred up and go, I mean, like a golden color, um, and a pretty, a pretty dog. But, uh, yeah, I actually, um, I had a, a depredation permit here last summer and I freaking whacked the does wholesale, um, last summer. I mean, I put a fucking hurting on them and I thought about it. I said, damn, this is like the best coyote bait. And so that literally I would in the middle of the day, two o'clock in the afternoon, lunchtime, I would, you know, all day if I was home, I was look out the window. Cause it's right behind, like literally right behind my house. Probably like the, the one deer that I had specifically in the middle of the field was like 250 yards, 300 yards tops. And I would look now I had like a breeding pair of bald eagles that were, I found, I figured out while watching them, they were on this deer. Uh, they were nesting right on the edge. I had no, I'd never seen them before, but that when I'd watch them fly from the carcass, um, they were, I could see that they were taking it up into one of the trees on the left side of the field. It was really cool. Um, but sure enough, old song dog come out and, and put a hurting on his ass and, and waited, you know, waited another day and shot another one. It was like, oh man, these deer are perfect. You know, these carcasses are perfect coyote bait. And yeah. uh, so it was, it was fun that it had a whole bunch of them, but you know, I'd go outside at night you know, I'd like forget something in my truck or whatever. And I'd go outside. It's, it's, you know, I live, 
you know, out in the country a little bit and uh, there's no sound, no sound pollution or nothing. And it's dead silent. And as soon as I shut my truck door, it would like the, the woods would light up. They would start howling. I was like, my truck door is what set them off. I mean, a, a siren going off. Yeah. You'd, you know, you'll hear a, an ambulance or a fire truck, excuse me, go by, go down the road and you know, that'll set them off. But yeah, a slamming truck door. And it, they literally sounded like if it, if I had to guess, they would have been no more than 80 yards. If I had a flashlight, I could have seen them. They were that close. Yeah, you should try it sometime. I mean, for me, I, I've, like, I know we talked, I, I was out with, I was out in Arizona with one of the LEO trainers out there that were close to Daniel Defense. And then, you know, I've been kind of all over the place. I've shot the PRS scene. I've shot the PR, uh, team matches scene, um, you know, working with those guys and now getting more involved in the, you know, the coyote aspect of it. Um, it's definitely shed some limelight on me for some changes that I can make uh, for maybe a specific, you know, predator variation or, um, doing a predator specific model. So that's in the works too. Um, you know, so I'm trying to, trying to keep on that continuing education. It, it really kills my personal life because it ends up just turning into more hobbies, more things that I do. But at the end of the day, I mean, when you love what you do, you just continue to work and you don't even notice it. So. Well, hey, here's the best way to look at it. All the thermal shit, all, everything, your the guns, your ammo, everything, gas, whatever that you do or spend in coyote hunting, that's product development. That's tax write-off, it, baby. It, yeah. It, oh, so a friend of mine, he's actually, uh, he's my attorney, and he's who I got my halo through. And, like, when I first – and this is why I know it's worse than drugs because when I first started doing it, I had my AGM and my rattler was great. And, um, I got a friend up the road that I shoot with. We do, you know, nighttime shoots all the time. And I kind of got him into that. And I looked through my buddy's halo and he's like, yeah, I'm upgrading. And I'm like, what do you get? And he's like, Oh, the XRF. And he's like, I'll sell you this one. And I'm like, Oh, and I pray I paid a pretty penny for it. But, um, he's like, he was same thing. He was like, man, he's like, he owns a, a business. He's like, yeah, he's like, I wrote it off for uh, energy efficiency of checking my building and all this other, and it was just, it was hilarious. And I was like, yeah, man, I get it. Like I get it wholeheartedly. I don't know. I think, I think the worst part about being an entrepreneur is at the end of the day, like when you're, when you're working and everything, you, you, you still feel lazy. You know what I mean? Like you feel like you're not doing enough. So when you try to take downtime, it feels even worse and it's hard. Um, so for me, I'm always like, I'm one of those people that I'm always trying to be a better company than I was yesterday. So it's just, you know, opening the door to getting into more sports has allowed me to essentially try to be a better business, you know? And um, I love what I do, man. So I can't, you know, I really can't complain about it. I can't sit here and, you know, I love coming in the office every day. I love talking to people. I love, dealing with the people I deal with there. It honestly saved me from a, a pretty crappy time in my life, to be honest with you. So well, dude, what it is, you, you really do probably more, more, definitely more so than your buddy. You definitely have a means of writing this off, off your taxes. Then I mean, I, look, okay. Let's say I'm, I'm okay. I'm David Baker. Uh, the, it's going to be, I don't know, a golf club. I'm, I'm going to start making golf clubs. All right. If I go, if I go to a golf course, 
whether it's to play, to watch a professional play, if it's anything involving golf, I'm writing that shit off my taxes. Yeah. Like you, no, I, you, I, you, I mean, a hundred percent, all of everything you fucking spend in, in shooting, in photography, in predator hunting, your, your night vision or thermal dude, all that is getting written off and it's actually in a way easier sell than your buddy with like building efficiency. Like that. Okay. I get it, but that's nowhere even close to the validity of what you had. Cause Hey, look, I need to be out there doing this to know what a predator hunter wants or needs out of the product that I, that I sell. So fuck yeah. Yeah. And I, and the American and, way. <laughs> yeah. And I, and somebody had, somebody had brought that up like a while back, um, on like Facebook or something like, Oh, you don't, you don't predator hunt. And I was like, man, I was like, I do so much that it's just, it's, it's crazy. I mean, the, all the different markets that I deal in, you know, so like even, even I think we had briefly spoke about it, but the QDT being 39 inches, the reason that's 39 inches is to work the two first positionals of the barricade without having to deploy the tripod. So you can literally work a barricade without having to deploy it. The recon spec out to the height it is because most people that are 5'8", 5'9", 5'10", you know, even lower than that, can deploy one section and get into not a fully great, you know, it's not like perfect, but you can get into, excuse me, um, you can get into a standing positional shooting. So it's fast to deploy. So, yeah, there is a lot of um, R&D research and development, you know, sending a lot of rounds downrange. Um, you know, luckily for me, I mean, I get to play, I get to play and do all these sports and it, it makes me a little bit, um, it makes me a better business at the end of the day, you know, and that's, that's what we focus on is, is primarily the shooting perspective. You know, I'd like, I've had people that are like, Oh, I want a panning head for glass. And I'm like, well, you know, panning heads, yeah, they're great, you know, but they're not the best for shooting. So right, like even our, you know, our ball heads, I've seen a lot of, um, you know, there's not ready. There's not really many mark uh, ball heads on the market that can stop um, recoil management. You know, you can tighten them down, you crank them down, but depending on the size of the gun, you know, essentially you're going to get back and forth movement within an arc of plate. So, I got something in the works right now. Should be out within the next two to three weeks. We're going to be changing up the top plates on our ball heads. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's going to cure an issue that. I've seen a handful of, like, for me, if I see, you know, 9, 10, 11 out of, you know, 500 that are an issue, that, that for me is concerning. And that's where I want to start addressing those issues because I hate when stuff breaks. I mean, it's inevitable. I mean, yeah, don't we all? Well, if you look at, you know, if you look at what we were doing two years ago to what we're doing now, I mean, essentially, you know, we're moving a lot more inventory now. So, I mean, the chances of things breaking are essentially, I mean, it's going to happen. Like you said, it's just, it's products are going to, products are going to fail. You're going to have issues, you know, but I try to make sure that if we have an issue that that day it's taken care of or the next day that we got either parts going out or, or, you know, things getting fixed or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's just, um, it's been kind of crazy lately, man. We've, you know, after shot was, uh, I picked up, a dealer in Czech Republic. We're now in Australia. I've been to uh, Czech dealer. Republic. Yeah. France. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, 
getting them out worldwide has been awesome, man. And it's been exciting for me. So the, all right. So what's your work? See now, see now you got messed up, dude, because now I've got to wait again. So I thought I had it nailed on the tripod that I wanted. And yep. now, okay, cool. I got that. And then I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm either getting the ball head or the Faisal, like, Anvil 30 answer or whatever. But now you're talking about well, doing something new. So now I'm like, so, okay, well, shit, now I got to wait on something new. So I, you're just spending my so, money for me. You're just spending my money for me. Yeah, no, we're, I'm just making some minute changes. I mean, it, you know, that it's. I'm always trying to find a way to be better as a company. You know, and that's just, if you're not, if you're not doing that, you're not staying ahead of, you know, you're not staying ahead of your customer base. So for me, you know, there's always going to be things that are changing, you know, like we, we came out with the recon V2 and we came out with QDC V2. Well, last year when I came out with the recon, me personally, I was like, man, this is the hands down the best tripod whatsoever. Like I believe the product, this is what I run pretty much most of the time and ended up towards the end of the year making something that now is a little bit better. And I'm saying the same thing. Here we are middle of the year, you know, getting into a little bit of product development. And I'm like, man, I don't, you know, I'm not really sure the recon V2 is, you know, the best tripod there is in my opinion. Well, I might shock myself again, you know, cause it really boils down to application to be honest with you. And that's where, we do things very differently. I don't, I don't think there's very many companies where you can call and, you know, talk to them and say, Hey man, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. You know, what, what do you recommend? Um, and I get this from guys all the time. They're like, Hey man, I've never ordered a tripod. I'm tripod stupid. Like treat me like I'm Barney, like tell me what's up. And we'll, I'll, we'll go through these like series of questions, like a flow chart and I'll figure out what's a good application for them. And I've had a really good success rate of, fitting customers to the product so yeah when that's also like the perfectionist in you i mean uh, example would be something like uh a reloader like for pr a pr like prs reloader obviously it's different with benchress and f class but let's just take a an average uh prs shooter in in the reloading room all right they go they look at they get they have their current load they go out and they shoot it and it's, you know, three eighths, three eighths. Okay. That is, if you could shoot three eighths, you would win. Like if everything, if a positional or, or your load held up at three eighths, no matter what you would never miss. And you would other than maybe win, but you would win every match you'd shoot in. But then you've got some people just like, eh, that's just not, I'm going to see if I can't tighten that group up more and dick around with seating depth or with this, that, the other changing powders. Like, dude, you had a, your load was better than you are. And yet you're still doing that. That, okay. Your tripod is, is whichever one you're talking about is, let's just take the, the recon V2. It's killing, it's killing it. Right. And then you, being the the anal retentive perfectionist, think, all right, I got to make it better. Yeah, you're. It's it's good. Like it's it's the thing. It's it works. And and I mean, hey, look, only people who benefit from it is is us, not you, because you're you're the one racking your brain and and staying up countless hours, and we're sitting here like cashing in on. All right, cool. I got a gangster ass tripod now. 
Um, yeah. You know, and so we're the ones who benefit from it, which is a mark of a good company, in my opinion. I mean, it's the one that in their mind, you know, good isn't good enough it, or, or better isn't the best. And I've got to continue to, to expound upon a proven design and to make it just that much better. And you know, then it's on, it's on the market. It's on, it's on the market at that point to, you know, support it or say, no, well, my, my recon, the V one, I mean, it's, it's good. It, it does what I need it to do. But then you've got the next guy, you know, his neighbor who shoots is like, man, I, I got to get that new one. I got, I like that. I got to get that new one. And then the V three comes out. They're like, fuck. All right. Yeah. All right. He's got my money again. Yeah. I'm gonna send him my money. I'm gonna get a new yeah, one. Yeah. And, and it's not even, you know, it's not even about, not to you. Uh, no, not to you. No, okay. but no, some, it's not. People are gear junkies, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. guilty of it. I try to look, look at the beginning of the year. I'm like, I don't need shit. I, I've got, do you think I ever hold to that? No, I buy new shit every year. And, yep. and that's the, what I replaced was not, there's nothing wrong with it. And it did fine. I'm just a crackhead and I want new shit. And, and, so, yeah. and, and then people like me is what, you know, companies, you know, sometimes rely on and, uh, and, you know, they benefit from because we're, you know, ADHD is shit and, you know, new, 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 new. And, you know, I mean, like, look, the one thing where I'm putting my foot down, I'm not getting the V4, uh, auto trickler. <laughs> I'm not doing it. My V no, no, dude. My shit. My V three is gangster. Like, I, it's good enough. And I like. And then the new. What's that? What now? Now I'm fucking. What's it called? I'm fucking it up. It's a new, a new trickler. That it's completely different, and it doesn't work for the V four, but it works for the V three. And I'm like, man, I could get that, just that. But I'm like, no, I'm not. Because <laughs> the thing I got works, the trickler, not, so not, not the auto throw. So you keep the V3 auto throw, but the trickler is what, it's a completely new design than, than the, the current V3 uh, trickler or whatever. And it's, it's supposedly like what percent faster. And look, it depending on the powder I'm throwing to the kernel, uh, I don't need it, but the damn the temptation isn't there because the crackhead in me wants to throw money at it. Is it going to make my loading any better? No. If, if am I going to see twelve seconds total uh, over my whole reloading session? Am I going to be able to tell that? No. But damn if it ain't tempting. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. There's people like us that that, that exist, dude. Everybody, everybody's trying to chase that, the edge. I mean, really for me, the, you know, the biggest part of why the V2 came about is the, the trans, you know, the transfer, trying to figure out the transportation aspect of it. Um, a lot of guys were running into, they need a, a deeper case or they were flying and it, it was, it was a little tough because I mean, you were five and a half inches in total circumference with the bigger top. And then you'd also get guys that would, by the tripod run would run a ball head and the ball head the size of the bowl. So everything outside of that is just excess, you know, basically excess material that those guys don't need. So by reducing that, we were able to cut the weight about 12 ounces. Um, I'd say nearly a pound, which is just an easier way to say it. 
but we were able to cut it almost pound. So we went from a five and a half pound tripod down to almost a four and a half pound tripod. Then now fits in your gun case that, you know, is easily packable, straps on the side of your pack. Um, you know, and that's, and I always tell people, you know, some guys are like, well, you know, do I lose any stability? And honestly, in my opinion, it's negligible. And it all depends on what type of person you are, truthfully, because if you're somebody that's literally chasing a, a, a quarter of a kernel, um, you know, down to your load, like, you know, what you were just saying, or you're chasing that next little thing. Um, it's really, it's a compromise because you're giving up a little bit of weight for stability, you know? So, I mean, if you want a heavier tripod with better stability, we have that. If you want a little bit lighter tripod with a small margin, less of stability, we have that. Um, so it's really just trying to find at the end of the day, um, you know, the guys trying to make and develop tripods for the guys that basically we're looking at their needs. We're figuring out their wants. We're saying, okay, you know, like now, um, you know, one of the tripods that, you know, we're going to be working on, which isn't going to release for probably over a year, um, addresses a different issue. So it's really, you know, we're, we're sitting there and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at, okay, you know, this, this is the issue with this particular tripod, you know, what, what can we do to fix it? What can we do to make it better? So there's always going to be constant improvement on my end. And I'm always going to be working to try to make a product a little bit better. Well, and the word issue is relative as well. So, I mean, yeah. coming from you, you using the word issue and then me using the word issue are two different things. Um, yeah. But, you know, no, that, that, that's, uh, that's perfectly fair. I mean, I, I get it. And, and all it does is just, it just makes your company grow. And, and then, like I said earlier, we're the ones who benefit from it. But then again, this also goes back to what I said earlier of, there, there's going to be trade-offs for everything, okay? Mm -hmm. in, in anything in life, there's trade-offs, okay? Nothing can be the it can be perfect at everything, okay? So if you want more velocity, well, guess what? There's going to be more pressure. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, less barrel life. You can't. There's no such thing as free velocity. Oh, okay. Well, add two inches of barrel. Okay, my my new Dasher barrel is getting delivered this week. Guess what? I'm getting free velocity. It's 28 inches though, so I'm gaining. I'm also gaining length in my gun. My footprint of my gun is going to be longer and it's going to be heavier, right? But I get, there's those things free. So I'm paying for that velocity in barrel length, okay? Um, there's there, there's no such thing as not trade-off. So if you, it all what what will make the, uh, the case for that change will be, okay, well, is that trade-off even or is that trade-off in your favor? So the yeah. little the little bit of stability that you may pay is that weight saving is is that worth it to you? It may be to to this person, but maybe not to this guy, right? So, yeah. but so, so everything there's got to be an option yeah. for everybody, and then you, everyone has to understand that there's there's going to be you know there's going to be trade offs for everything good in life. Yeah. And I, and I talked to, you know, a lot of the predator hunters, these guys are hunting their, their tripods are deployed to the height that they want. Constantly comes out of the box, gets deployed to that height, goes in the bed of their truck. They drive around, they get out, they go to their set, they throw it back in their truck, deployed up the height. So realistically, 
those guys could deal with a 60-inch tripod that never folds down, um, which in reality you can't make because you have to have some type of adjustability. But essentially what I'm getting at is, is you know, the coyote, the coyote predator community, like those guys don't care about closed height. They, they really don't care at all. That same tripod crosses in the application of the PRS gaming aspect, where, you know, depending on where you're shooting, you know, whether it be war rifle, GTI, I mean, pretty much any range that you go to, whatever area you're traversing is going to dictate whether you want, you know, 39 inches collapse is a little too long, then we have an option that's a little bit shorter with a little bit less stability. So there's always, like you said, there's always that constant back and forth of figuring out, um, you know, in a lot of times, I'll get people that'll call me and literally they'll call me and all they'll want to do is soundboard and they'll, and they'll have it all figured out and they'll just want the reassurance. And that's fine. That's why I'm here. You know, I get quite a few calls like, yeah, you know, I looked at your tripods, I checked the specs, you know, I figured out this one's going to be the best for me. I want to run this head. What do you think about it? And honestly, that's, that's what I'm trying to do is help the customer get more educated because when I bought my first tripod, it was literally like if I could call somebody and get an education, I probably wouldn't have purchased what I purchased. So, I mean, we, I went on, I made a pretty lengthy thing on the website where every, under every tripod description, it literally has a hyperlink where it says choosing the right tripod for me. And it's kind of got a breakdown of what that tripod's good for, like what's the application, um, you know, how do you know what head works for me you know how do i mount it how do i mount my rifle to it um and just trying to make it simple for these guys so when they purchase and if they have any more questions they can call me or they can not read it and call me too that's fine um but it's there for the guys that you know basically they have a lot of questions i'm I'm trying to help them out the best way that i can so we hyperlink tripods um what tripods which so it takes it right to it i mean i try to make it as simple as possible you know well, yeah, and then you've got you've got the aspect of okay, are you the shooter who flies all over the country shooting matches? Okay, well then you need a tripod that will easily go like you know in a in a gun case with 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 your rifle, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you've got that aspect. Okay, well, is it out west where you are literally you know rucking it, you know, a few miles just to shoot a PRS match because that's just the layout of the land, you know? Or are you one of the team match guys? Uh, and you have like you know mammoth a mammoth shooter that can bit you know greatly benefit from a tripod. Um, yeah. Those matches like that, from, I've never shot those matches, but from the way I understand it, you're better off with a tripod than you are a bipod. You know, yeah. so I mean, you got all of those things, and the, you know, you got these bamas cutting toothbrushes in half and shit, and or, or the elk hunter. You know what I'm saying? So now, all right, you're the elk hunter. Now, are you going to be glassing? the most or are you actually plan on using it to shoot off of so the that the answer to that question is going to determine which route you go um yeah you know and, and i mean and for me i deal with those you know i deal with the guys that primarily glass too um and they want something for primarily glassing and you know we have tripods that that can accommodate that um i've stayed away from the center column for quite some time i mean we only have one tripod that has a center column on it mm-hmm. and i'm constantly back and forth if i want to do another model with a center column that's a little more you know a little larger a little bit better stability but i just i try and keep it simple man because i mean you 
I look at everything as perspective, right? So if you get a guy that, you know, comes out and I try to lay every tripod out, like we have the junior and I don't recommend shooting off of it with the center column on it. And it literally says it on the website. So we do not recommend shooting off the center column. Um, and that's a sitting high kneeling shooting positional tripod. Um, and then a standing glass and if you want to run the center column. So I try to base the tripods a lot around the shooting aspect with obviously glass and it's going to be a part of it. But I mean, it's, it's a, like you said, every, every application is different. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's not in the case of tripods, there's, I don't think anybody on the planet can ever design a tripod to do all of those things that we've mentioned so far and then some, all the other aspects, like I said, the lightweight, the packability, the, the stability of shooting off of, the uh, the collapsible, the, the collapsible, collapsibility, uh, whatever. Um, there, none of, there's not going to be a, a single tripod on the plant that does all of those things, the best at those things, right? But the one that can compromise to where it does all of those things the be, you know well is the the quote unquote best tripod the best all round buy that you can do any of those things with this and don't feel that you're really lacking right um yeah you know you know me specifically my like we mean you talked on our last our last episode about my case um I'm actually leaning I'm leaning in between the kit and the Recon V2, simply because here in the southeast, where I do virtually all my shooting, I really am not shooting. I've, I've never shot off a tripod in a match. Yep. I have used a tripod for rear support, but I, I and, and that's where something like the QDT would come into play, because, well, you've got, you know, one section of of collars to adjust for height right or to to deploy it right that's that's where that tripod is the best of them all is for is for is for that if you're if you're using if you're one of those shooters who use a tripod for rear support uh, a lot which there are a lot of those guys there is no tripod better than the qdt for that now in my case 95 percent of the use will literally be to hold up a, ser- a, a pair of binos. Um, and then, yeah, I know the kit can handle me shooting it off, uh, shooting off it, basically clipping in or bare minimum using like a tack table um, and, uh, you know, putting a bag on top of it. The kit will do that. Will the kit do that better than the QDT? Probably not. It's not meant to do that better than the QDT. That's what a QDT is for, or even the recon is for. But the recon is going to be that, all right, It can. you're flirting with the QDT's ability to be able to do that, but you're also able to pack it, pack it a little bit better. It's a little bit lighter weight, stuff like that. So I'm in between the recon V2 and, and the kit. Um, th- that's just that's where, my, where I'm at. So the basic between the two of those, like if, if we're sitting here and we're having a phone conversation, it's going to be, is a pound of weight too much for you? No, it's not. Okay. So then if a pound of weight's not too much for you, then go with the, v, the recon V2. If 
a pound of weight is too much for you and, and you're you're somebody that's more on the application side of um you know i'm going to ask you a question it's probably going to be the wrong way to ask you but is six inches extra length too much for you uh no okay so then you're good so the the recon v2 would be it if you don't if you're not concerned with overall length of the tripod like you need something shorter to get up in the ladders or to go through tubes or whatever and you're you might use it or you might not use it and you might use it for rear support maybe not i would say the recon v2 would be the way to go my yeah. my only caveat to that would be not none of those none of those examples apply to me but i also ju- i have not shot a match with it yet but i just got a new pack and yep. I put all my shit in it, and my goal was to have a smaller pack and take less shit. So yep. I went from a Eberly stock little brother, which is a decent size pack. It's like eighteen hundred uh, cubic inch pack to the Eberly stock Bandit, which is literally exactly half that. It is nine thirty six cubic inches, I believe. So in carrying it with uh, with binos attached to it, like I have, a, I currently have a ball head on my tripod. In carrying it, I would like drop the binos in the ball head to where they're like like stowed, if you will, if you know what I mean. Uh, the little cutout for the stem to go down to where you know your binos are kind of looking up in the sky or whatever. I don't even know what to call that. Do that uh, and then put the bottom holder. right, yeah. To then yep. put the feet in the little side pouch of yep. of the pack, and then it's got a a, a uh, clip strap or whatever. Then strap that around one of the legs or two of the legs, and then the 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 tripod is then connected to my pack. So I'm only carrying my rifle on, like holding my rifle, and then my pack and tripod is on on my back, right? That would so, be my, you know. So this on. is that this pack's actually eighteen inches total height. So eighteen inches high, nine wide by seven deep. So then uh, you're concerned about length. So then the kit would the kit would be more applicable to you. Okay. So you're not you're not talking about a substantial amount of height over the top of um, the pack. So, yeah, it's not hitting me the back of the head as I'm walking. Yeah, so then you would probably you'd want the kit because the the pack itself is eighteen inches tall. Uh, the kit's twenty two and a half, and then your ball head and your, you know, you're maybe a couple inches over the top of that. Um, where you know, I think that'd be probably more applicable to your in, your situation. In that that very aspect is what even drew me to the kit as a possibility mm-hmm. because I was like, okay, how how am I going to carry how am I going to carry this tripod with the binos in between stages? Now, yep. if like at my home range, my like, there is no n- no real need for between stages for the most part to even stow the tripod because like the next stage is 25 30 yards over, right? But let's say at that at frontline defense going from uh, you've been there, going from the 1000-yard deck, right, which is at the far east side of the property if you're looking at it on a map to stage one down at the very bottom that's the far west side of the um of the range of the property whatever 
that's that's a little bit of a walk. And, you know, in between each stage, for the most part, it's literally just I got my pack on my back. I've got a completely deployed tripod in one hand and a rifle in the other, and I'm moving at 30 yards. But if I'm going yeah. from one end of the range to the other, or at, let's say, Pig River Precision, from the parking uh, the parking lot down at the bottom, like about a hundred yard range in the, um, uh, whatever it's called down there. At the yeah, I know what talking about. And walking yep. all the way up the hill to where the stages are. Yeah. I'd probably like to have that stowed on, in my pack or connected to my pack and, and not be super duper cumbersome, but I'm also mm-hmm. not the person that is going to go, you know, you know, rucking it five miles or six miles. So I obviously don't need the super tiny compact lightweight, ultra lightweight tripod, but I don't, a, a QDT is not probably the best option for me. So yeah, that recon slash kit is my sweet spot. So then yeah. you looking at that pack, you just said, Hey, now that I have that information, the kit is a better fit for you. Just, just that information yeah. changed that. So if someone is calling you and, and is looking to buy a tripod they need to disclose all of that, all of the information of either how how they're going to be utilizing the tripod. Are you, you know, primarily shooting off of it like a predator hunter? Are you, uh, you know, rucking it a ton, uh, or are you in a situation like me where it mostly is used to 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 support glass and you know putting it in a smaller size pack? Right, that completely changed your. Um, recommendation for me which rightfully so it makes sense so make sure if you're calling if you're calling dan give them all the information yeah and that's and and i've dealt with that before i've been on the phone with customers that'll call me and you know they'll have a rifle that i've never even heard of and i'll be like is it came out or mlock or you know full length pecatenia and you know a lot you know i don't want to say a lot of these guys but some of these guys they're, they're calling for advice on those things. So I'll ask them, I'll say, Hey man, you know, what rifle is it? And I'll Google it. I'll take a look at it and I'll make a pretty educated guess or I'll, or I'll find the answer, um, to make sure that we're getting them what they need for what they're looking for. But yeah, I mean, that's why I have, I mean, I have like a flow chart in my mind that when you call, you know, as stupid as people think it is, you know, the pretty much one of the questions I ask is, Hey man, how tall are you? Um, because if you're, I've had people call me and they they'll pick a tripod because of a it's a budget option it's a you know a cheaper tripod and then I'll talk to them and I, I've had it happen with um, police departments and they're like yeah man we're gonna be you know this we're gonna be using it for and I'll flat out tell them like listen man I'm like I don't want to tell you that I'm like because I don't think that you're gonna be happy at the end of the day and nine times out of ten. Um, you know, they'll change their mind and, they, and they'll get what I suggest and they're, they're happy. And then you'll get the one out of 10 that they'll order what they wanted to order. And, and it might be perfect for what they're looking for. Um, but I want to say that, you know, we have, a, I have a pretty good success rate, um, you know, fitting, fitting the tripod to the people. Um, and that comes with, like you said, you know, different, you know, different product development figuring out what's going to work the best for different situations, like looking at what tripods are, you know, basically what features of what tripods are working well for the customers and what aren't, 
and constantly making changes. I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, we're perfect. Stuff don't break, you know, things happen. Things do happen. If man can Um, make it, man can break it. And you get someone like me, I'll find a way to break it. So I had, I had a guy call me up and he had his tripod tied down to a tent and he was at a match and the tent blew away and the tripod went with it. Oh yeah. Um, it was a sale at and, that point. Yeah, it was, it was a sale. It, it went quite a ways. Um, but yeah, we got, we got him taken care of, but at the end of the day, you know, things, things do happen. Things do break. You know, that's part of why we've done, you know, aluminum turn collars, um, versus, you know, the plastic, you know, either injection molded or plastic with rubber, because we've seen rubber slip over time. We've seen glue break loose. We've seen collars break. I try to treat it as the dude that's going to be using the tripod at the end of the day might possibly, you know, drop it out of the back of his truck or might fall off of, I don't know, his 20 foot blind as he's climbing out. Um, Cause it's real stuff that does happen. You know, it's not like everybody's gentle with their gear. I had a dude call me up and he's like, dude, I forgot what happened. He was trying to like cross this whatever stream or something. And he's like, I took my QDT and he's like, I flipped it and I used it as a hammer. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I beat, you know, I beat the ice so that we could cross through and da 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 this and that. And I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah, tripod still works good though. So not that I encourage it, but I try to prepare for it and understand the uses and the crazy wild ideas that the customers may encounter. And then if for some reason the other side does break, I mean, call us, man. We're, we're, I try to stand behind the product. It's, it's like my baby, you know, at the end of the day, it's, my name, my reputation, and, um, you know, I want to do right by it, so. Yeah, what is your return policy on using it to murder someone? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't, I think cops probably want that one before. Yeah. <laughs> before, before we get it, before we get it back in our hands. Um, no, I, I try to be, you know, as far as, like, returns and stuff like that, I, I just tell people, you know, call us. Um, sometimes it's user error, sometimes it's, you know, sun breaks, we can get parts out to you. I mean, it, they're super simple to fix. I basically, anybody that ever has questions, I've video conference people, walk them through how to fix the tripod. Um, if they can't fix it, I've, I've had people that they're like, I just don't want to mess with it. I want to send it back. They'll send it back to us. I'll fix it and I'll send it back to them. Well, look, um, here's something I'll say about that is if you think it's expensive hiring a professional, try hiring an amateur. Yep. It becomes twice as expensive because you paid for the amateur. He fucked it up. Now you got to pay for the professional to come unfuck what the amateur fucked up. Um, so if you're that amateur, look, CL has a saying that he uses all the time that I have adopted. And is if you're not the man, you call the man, right? Yep. If you're not the guy that knows that people going to call, then you need to find who that person is. And that's who you need to call to do something. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, a little side note here. Uh, so I didn't know if this was something a feature on this roadcaster that we're talking through right now, but you your audio has been coming in on the left side of my headphones until I just got a beep. My my mother actually just called, and now I've got audio on both left and right. So I don't know if that's going to trans that's going to transpose over to the 
the audio of the final product of this podcast, but we'll see. I don't know why. I was like, oh, well, maybe so I can hear myself on the right side and hear my conversation on the left. But either way, you're coming in on both sides now. But either either way, it'd be good to go. My left ear is my worst, man. Yeah, well, it'd be the left side of your truck when you when you listen to it. So I mean, closer to closer to the driver. That's good, man. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and so it, that that goes that whole concept of of calling the professional the first time it 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 you know relates to going with the thing that almost that buy once cry once thing instead of trying to pinch pennies and buying something that you're being told by the guy who made it it's not the best fit but you're trying to save a hundred bucks or something like that you might be buying two tripods at the end of the day. Yeah. And I mean, I get, I have guys that do that. I, I have guys that, you know, like you said, if you can find a tripod that's best for, you know, multiple applications. I had a guy call me up last week and he's like, Hey man, he's like, what's going to be good for this? And I'm like this. And he's like, well, what's going to be good for this? And it was like, Hey, I want to shoot PRS and Hey, I want a backcountry hunt. And I wanted to be good at both of those. And I flat out told him, I'm like, man, you know, I could get you like a, you know, a middle of the road. He's like, nope. He's like, I want the best for this. And I want the best for this. And um, he ended up buying two tripods. Well, that's fine. I mean, but he knew that going into it, though. Yeah. But you got the guy who's trying to pinch a penny. Yeah, that's that's That's, where it gets tough. That's where you're going to be buying two tripods when you only wanted one. And you should have got the one that you were told to get. Yeah. It's, I don't know, man, I've, you know, cost affordability has always been a thing for us. Um, you know, that's always been something that I try to focus on. I mean, and, and realistically, I want to say that we're pretty, pretty well priced for the quality that you're getting as far as a, a tripod is concerned. Um, but there is, you know, there's some people out there that they just don't, they don't want to negotiate off of price. And, I'll be the first person to be honest to them. And I've had people tell me, Hey man, I appreciate the honesty. And that's, I'd rather, I'd rather them go somewhere else and spend the same amount of money or or, or cheap out and and be disappointed and save and come back and be happy with their purchase. than just sell them something and then they're upset. And then, you know, they're, they're frustrated and that's not, that's not how, I do business as a business model. No, probably not because there's, you know, companies sell cheap stuff to get customers to, up, to get them to upgrade again, to get them upgrade again. Whereas, you know, I'm trying to sell end users, you know, good product that's going to last them. Um, so I can't say I have like the best business model in the world, but I want to say it works really good. And I mean, for us, it's, I've, I've just always been, I've always cared about the customer and that's how it'll always be. That's how it'll continue to be. And I mean, well, when that, we get to, that's, that's been obvious so far. Yeah. I mean, I mean that in just your, just your business so far in the few years you've been up and running and, and the conversations we've had and then like, well, the, the, the proof was in the pudding when you, when you hear, when you hear from people who do have your products and, and everything, yeah. and you know, you know something it just hit me and hadn't even thought about, but you know, something that you don't see is you don't see a lot of your tripods for sale, like resold, like as used tripods. Yeah. You, you don't see, I'm you, there's tripods for sale all the time, but you don't see a whole lot of two vets tripods out there 
you on the, there's no big used market for them because no, not, no, they're not selling them. Yeah. And I mean, and a lot of, you know, I'll see them from time to time. And if I do see them, they sell super quick. Yeah. But it's um, rare to even see them. And that, that, oh, yeah. That's a testament in and of itself, in my opinion, is that you don't, you don't see a big market for them. Right. And there's not that they're yeah. not out there. It's not that, that they're not in the hands of, of, of people using them. It's the fact that, well, they're using them and they, they like them and they're, they're not, there's no, they, people aren't feeling the need to, to upgrade because the one that they have apparently suits their needs well enough to, to not try to, to upgrade. Right. And so that, that's, that's a testament to, to itself there. Um, yeah. And, you know, Chris way, actually, um, he's a, a big proponent. I've heard him talk a lot about your tripods and, and he and loves them. And, you know, and Chris, uh, I don't know Chris personally, and I don't know that I've ever spoken to Chris, but I've mentioned him before. And he actually, he's actually mentioned me on mentioning him on one of his podcasts, uh, recently. Uh, but I have, he is a very good person to listen to when it comes to, well, a lot of things, but this particular is to the, uh, um, viability of a product, meaning does this thing work or does it not? Does this thing hold up or does it not? Is this something that you should look at investing or should you just do a little more training? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he, he is now some things he's like, Hey, and maybe instead of this widget, maybe you practice shooting, you know, off positional at a hundred yards more and you'll get more out of that than you will getting buying an upgrade or, or buying precision or buying accuracy. Right. He doesn't say that with these tripods. I mean, he, he is a big, first of all, he's a big proponent of tripods in general, him and really anybody West of the Mississippi is whether you're talking about, uh, you know, Frank or whether you're talking about Phil and Kalen, or you're talking about Chris, or you're talking about any of those guys out West. Yeah. They, they use tripods and use them well. And they, they see their, um, you know, their value. They, they see their, uh, versatility and, and, and recognize how valuable they can be. And, and he, and I tell you, Chris, you got a good thing going with Chris um, because he he's definitely a a good voice of reason when it comes to things like this, and he's he's definitely putting your stuff out in the forefront. And so, yeah, and I mean, I don't, you know, the thing about the thing, I mean, realistically, I like about Chris is I I we don't I don't do anything for Chris. You know what I mean? Chris is paid for all of his products. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely, it, and that that and that's. And at the end of the day, I mean, you can give away, I mean, I've seen companies give away ton of product. And at the end of the day, it's not, you know, it, I'm, I've never been a company like that. I've never, you know, well, realistically, what does that say about your product? Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I like it's to, a bad thing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to say that it's a bad thing to do that. I'm just saying that what good does it do for your company or product? Oh, well, okay. Advertising. Sure. If they get in the right hands, advertising, but what does it say about the quality of your product against the, okay. And I'm not tooting my own horn because I have one or anything. Cause I could have got, a, I could have got a zero compromise and loved it, but I've got a tangent theta. 
They yeah. don't they don't sponsor anybody. Yep. All right. They 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 don't do that. Okay. Um uh, American Rifle Company. They don't sponsor anybody. They're not giving their shit away to anybody. Guess what? You see tangent thetas all the time, and you see tangent thetas in the hands of guys winning shit. You see American Rifle Company rings and bases and actions in the hands of a lot of very well-accomplished shooters. Guess what? They pay full price for that shit. And yeah. Now, there are companies out there, and I'm not going because I have friends that use them and all that stuff. There are companies out there, and I'm sure you could probably put two and two together to figure out what equals four, but that, that yeah, a lot of the top guys are using this one product from this one company, but that product, it they wouldn't be using it if they were – they're not using it because it's the best thing for them, if that makes sense. They're using yeah. it because of other reasons, meaning whether it was free or they get – just paid to use it or, and there's not a problem with that. My point is it because look, if you, look, you want to pay me to, to shoot your, to carry your tripods around shit. I ain't gonna turn out a check. Hell yeah. But the point being is, is that it does not do anything for your product as far as proof of its quality because you gave it to me or, or, and I look, I was sponsored by vortex. I still bought my shit. I just got a, a discount on it, but I still bought it. And I don't deserve, well, I'm not the quality of shooter to, to deserve to get anything for free. Um, well, I think that, I, I think there's, you know, I talk to a lot of dudes and I know quite a few dudes that are sponsored. And, you know, a lot of the dudes that I know, I, I can't tell you whether they pay for it, whether they don't or whatever. But what I can tell you is, is that they're the type of people that run a po- run a product that they believe in, and at the end of the day, whether they paid for it, whether they were given it, it, it doesn't matter. What matters is is they're running the product because they love what they're using. They don't love it because they were given it. I mean, I know guys that love product because they were given it, but I also know guys that love product because that's what you know. Look at you know, look at Phil. Phil loves a KRG. I mean, and and as long as I can't say I personally know Phil, but um, I've met him quite a few times, but he's run KRG for the longest time. Absolutely. And may there be, you know, could there be more superior products on the market? Sure. But Phil found what works best for Phil. And at the end of the day, he believes in the product. Now, what he does outside of that has, you know, whether they give him stuff, whether they don't, it doesn't make a difference. But that dude that wholeheartedly. some KRG. I'm telling you right now. I'm, correct. I'm Phil is a good friend of mine. I talk to Phil all the time. That Bama yep. loves him some KRG shit. It's, mm-hmm. It is genuine love. I mean, and I and I enjoy that shit too. I've got KRG stuff. I've had a few KRG chassis. I've had. I'm on my fourth one right now. Um, and that's the difference. That's the difference. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a genuine person that loves the product, that uses it, that's happy with it. And that's what I like to think. I mean, my customer base, a lot of the dudes that run our gear, love our gear. You know what I mean? It's not because, you know, the only discount we ever do is we do a military law enforcement first responder, like, because that's, that's where, you know, a community that's continually working and is honestly underappreciated. And, you know, I tell anybody, I don't really care. I don't care if you're a EMS driver. I don't care if you're, you know, whatever, if you're any type of first responder, get a hold of us. We'll take care of you. We'll give you a discount. Um, Same thing. Right. That same person could either be a, a top 
10 person in the U.S. Uh, in shooting, or that guy could be his first his first match ever. Yeah, right? and it, I went. Right, he gets the same discount because of something aside from shooting, and that's awesome. So, so I do, um, I, I go every year, I go to the Mason-Dixon uh, Precision Rifle Series beginner match, and literally the way the match is ran is you can shoot the match as long as you've never shot a match a day in your life. So you could range plank, you could practice, you could do whatever, but as long as you've never shot a match a day in your life, you can, you can compete in this match. It's got a really good prize table, really good people. Um, well, long story short, this is my second year going and it's basically it's coach stages. So you have a squad mom, a squad dad, which are all experienced shooters, which are all really good. And literally you sit there, you teach these guys how to do everything. Well, what we did was um, we did, we worked a tripod rear on a barricade. And then we also worked another position with a tripod. And what it did was it allowed these shooters, you know, it, it gave them firsthand experience with tripods. And I kind of, I, I go every year and I run a stage. Um, and basically, you know, I sat there, we worked with the people, we taught them how to use tripods and stuff like that. And it was an awesome experience because all these dudes are new shooters and they're all like everybody starting out there. You know, when I started, I didn't, there wasn't any match like that for me. No, um, and I, you know, I just kind of got thrown in the mix, but these dudes all had a good time. Like I had one dude, he sent me an email afterwards and it was like, it was one of the larger reasons why I do it. And he's like, listen, man, he's like, I appreciate you coming out. I can't tell you, you know, I can't say thank you enough. Like, you know, we appreciate the time that you spent. Cause for me, it's a five hour drive to get out there. Um, but it was just, it was a good experience. It was awesome to get back to the community. It was awesome to get more new shooters. I think they had like, I don't even know, 40, 40 shooters that were there. Um, and it, Castro was there. They were helping out. I know that the prize table was stacked with all types of stuff. Um, so those, these dudes got to walk away with some really cool stuff. I know bad rock rifles gave away a rifle, Three sixty precision gave her, gave away a rifle. Um, so it was awesome, dude, but, cool experience and you know i got to meet a lot of new dudes that are getting into the community and and helped teach them as far as how to better utilize a tripod so yeah i had a good time yeah i'm gonna sign up for that match and i'm gonna say under the name mike honcho <laughs> I, I think people know my voice by now but i, I don't know that they'll know my face so I hope no. i'm gonna go underneath the radar and just, hey, mike i think it's my first match I think it's it was like cool. I did. Like I win one, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cool, man. Katie, uh, Katie from Castro was there. They had a mover stage there, um, which was awesome because they got to sit there. And I don't know how Castro. I I can't recall how Castro does it, but they do something for all the new beginners. Um, and Katie was sitting there educating guys on, you know, how to basically how to use your Castro for a mover which we don't really shoot many movers out this way. Um, but it was just, it was an awesome experience and all these guys got to, you know, basically learn. And, um, it, dude, it was just, it's one of those matches that I look forward to every year. I don't shoot it, but I go there as a sponsor and I try to help out and I try to give back to the community and, and it's, it's huge, man. Yeah. My bone to pick with Kestrel is with that fucking Kestrel barricade, that damn, Sheet metal. Oh barricade. yeah, that thing. I fucking hate that thing. I think it's eaten my lunch so many times, dude. I did after well, I, after the last time I shot that stage, 
what I f- figured out after I shot the stage and ate a, a five-gallon bucket of shit was that I was running a mini fortune cookie at the time. If I flipped the damn thing upside down, the mini fortune cookie upside down, it would pinch the barricade and yet give the whole bottom side as surface area for your rifle. Instead of me running it like an asshole, like I did, which was, well, you know, right side up, it just sandwiched down to the barricade. And I was literally, I might as well not have had a bag on it at all because when this stuff, it's, it's a, it's a, I don't know. What do you say? Eight foot tall kestrel, like made out yeah, of cut, cut out of, nothing's like, rough, dude. Yeah, cut out of, <laughs> of a sheet of steel, right? It's like a, they took an eight by four sheet of steel and they laser cut a kestrel out of it. And then all the buttons and the screen and all that crap or portholes. Well, I, I, like I said, it it's what a half inch thick, maybe. I mean, so yeah, it's shoe dirty. Yeah, so if you go and put a, a mini fortune cookie on it, then it's uh, it just conforms to that. But if you put the bitch upside down, then it just the, the top side pinches the the barricade or the kestrel or whatever. But you've got the whole length of the bottom side for surface area for your rifle. So, yeah. pro tip. You just do that shit, and and it'll yeah. uh, it'll help out on that. I, that thing still I, I sucks to shoot out of. I think I watched. It was uh, that one. That's at war, right? Yeah, I can't remember. Yes, yeah, that was at war. Uh, yeah, what twenty nineteen or twenty twenty? I can't remember. Two two years ago, they had it there too. Yeah, it was. So that so I watched Morgan. He used a gray op CNC flat plate with the Armageddon gear uh, flat bag on there. Yeah, I got one of those too. Tripod rear, there you go, buddy. Yeah, and he I didn't flew use a tripod. I should have. I didn't use a tripod. Yeah, he 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 flew through it. I mean, I I go to matches and I I use tripods for like the most obnoxious thing. We had a match up here uh, a couple weeks ago, and we got we went up to the range, Sheepdog Warrior up here, and um, got you know got up there zeroed. And basically, my buddy came up and he's like, "Hey, man," he's like, "You know, we're not going to be able to shoot thousand yards because it was snowing." Well. He's like, I got a short course to fire. So he just confirmed he could run the short course. So he handed out the short course. It was probably four shooters in, and it was snowing so bad that we couldn't even see the 400-yard line. Oh, shit. And all the Canadians, there was a bunch of Canadians that came down. So literally, you could only see 200 yards, and they're out there like, these dudes are out there like you were basically like in Miami with a bathing suit. They were shooting, having a, having a good time, and I'm just like, you know what, I'm over this. So I didn't even get to shoot that match, which was kind of it kind of sucked, but nah, was country, what it was. This country man. boy's gonna pack his shit up and fucking go home, dude. I lived 15 minutes down the road from that range, and that was like a treacherous ride home. I couldn't even imagine for all those people that came out, but everybody knew it, man. We all knew a storm was coming in, so it was what it was, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, look what what I mean. You, you kind of teased a little bit on on a new ball head that you're working on. Uh, let me ask you: Is it? Is it actually a ball head that you're working on, or is it so we're like just, a, so a we're, replacement for a ball head? No, so we're we're. Uh, I don't. We're get, changing, I'm not trying to get you to like. No, no, no. We're that you don't want to. I'm just trying. We're to, you know. we're just making some changes to the existing ball head we have right okay. now. Okay. okay. Um, it, you know, I have something in the works, but you know, we're I'm constantly R and Ding product, and at the end of the day, like. I don't want to put it to the market until I know that, you know, so 
basically when I test products, a lot of it goes out to, um, it goes out to a lot of military schoolhouses, you know, sniper schoolhouses. So at the end of the day, when it's going to, you know, once this is finished and, and we get the ball rolling on some of the machining aspects or we get it out, you know, we're basically, we're going to go through testing for quite a bit before I even put it to the market. But what I can say is, is when the time comes and it, it's going to be a ways away, um, it's not going to be a product that at the end of the day that I'm just like chasing the market here and now. It's going to be something that essentially is going to be over a year worth of listening to what people don't like about certain products and what they do like. And we're addressing those issues as they come. And we'll still continually address things that we hear moving and proceeding forward. Um, but I think it'll be super exciting, but it's like one of those things, like I said to you, I mean, it's always every year is constantly going to be something that's going to change. So, um, we're going to try and do, you know, when I do product drops or releases and stuff, it's not like we're, you know, I'm like, Oh, you know, this is, we're going to wait till this, this date. No, we're going to wait till everything's proofed good, you know, and then it'll go to the market because I don't, I don't, I don't risk my company reputation on essentially just trying to get things to market and trying to make the most amount of money. Yeah, the hit a hit a timeline type situation. Yeah, yeah. no, it's right. Yeah, yeah, and you got to do it when it's right, and got to do it when it feels right, and the product's good. And at the end of the day, I won't. I had a we had a top plate I put out, and I ran into some issues with top plates, and I can you know I I pulled them, um, and I had some issues that literally and it was earlier on when we were in, you know when i was a company and i basically had a bunch of issues with them and i was like you know pulling them from the market and i had people like messaging me hey man you know like i want to buy a couple of these i want to buy a couple of these and i'm like no i can't like i'm not risking my company reputation on selling bad products that's the last thing that i'll do you know right yeah well, what's your what's your schedule like for the for the rest of the year? I mean, you I mean, are you still traveling to matches and taking photos and stuff like that? Doing doing that? Yeah, part? yeah. I mean, I got a couple things planned. I got a couple uh, LEO shows. I got a couple matches planned. Um, it's it's kind of hard. Like, I got a lot of I got some personal things going on right now, which I'm trying to get taken care of, so I can, you know basically get get back up to 100 percent, but essentially i mean i got some shows planned got some masters planned so i know i'm definitely going to be going to ohio range day i got a couple shows that i'll be attending i mean realistically as a company it's it's trying to figure out where to put my time and energy because of course nobody wants to work nowadays i think we've talked about that and you know you basically when walmart's hiring for 20 dollars an hour it makes it complicated to hire anybody yeah, just go to a restaurant and you can you can see the proof of that. Um, yeah, oh yeah, dude, dude yeah. it's crazy. Uh, are you uh, are you planning to uh, come down this weekend to North Carolina for the uh, the Guardian match? I'm not, man. That's I won't be there. For, I won't be there for that. I'm probably going to be there for the next one. I have to take a look at the schedule. Right. Um, I'm not shooting. I would, so I, I, you're I, shooting I, it? No, I'm not. I'm I'm going to. Oh. I'm, I'm uh, taking. Uh, so, so the plan is sat. All right, so I'm coaching uh, soccer. Uh, again and so I, I coached my son's team and we got a game saturday and i honestly missed the ball on on registration for that match you know because i i i don't remember the last guardian that i missed um either in north carolina or virginia but i normally hit them all and so i'm not i'm not gonna be able to shoot it but i am gonna take my son on sunday uh i mean it's at frontline frontline is an hour and a half the, I, I think his game is at like I think our game is 
like 10 or something like that. There's no point even trying to go Saturday afternoon. Um, three hours of driving both ways uh, to, to maybe not even get there for the end of the day one. So uh, Sunday, I am going to take him, uh, and we're going to walk around. Uh, I think the weather's going to be nice, and you know it'll be his first uh, precision rifle match that he's gone to to witness or whatever. He's six. Um, but you know, he loves guns. I mean, he, he's, I mean, got a BB gun. He's got a 22, he got a couple 22s. Um, you know, he wants freaking machine guns and shit and uh, a, a whole arsenal of Nerf guns and does Nerf war shit. Um, so he loves like coming out there with me when I shoot and stuff like that. So I was like, Hey, I mean, I asked him, I was like, there's, uh, you know, in a, in a week or so, there's going to be a match that, um, I'm not going to shoot, but if you, you want to then we can go, uh, I can take you to it, and you can actually see Uncle CL and Uncle Jeff shoot. He's like, heck yeah. So, you know, he's all boosted about it, and so he's probably forgotten that he's even going, so I'm going to remind him about it. He's going to be pretty boosted about it, and uh, he's going to be excited to go. I'm, I'm excited to take him, and then then I get to do the, my favorite part of the Guardian matches is drink beer with, like, my friends. So, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be there Sunday for the majority. I'm going to get there, like, right when I go hot that morning I'm gonna get him that taking him out of bed that early but you know we'll get there you know, 10 o'clock ish and you know 9 30 10 o'clock we'll get there and then enough time to watch uh watch some shooting and then meet up some of the guys and uh, he's and so it'll actually be a lot of people's first opportunity to meet my son um he is he's extra shit and so everybody's gonna be like holy shit this is your kid because he's just like you <laughs> so it'll be fun and I'll, I'll be excited to you know kind of show me like, hey this is what daddy does when daddy goes out of town uh or or whatever so it, it'll be fun i'm excited about it but dude is there anything, yeah, no. anything else that you want to anything else you want to you want to touch on bro no nah, man i think i think that covers it i mean I, I appreciate you having me come on and uh talk to you a little bit about it i'm uh excited about you know this year and i definitely think uh People are going to be super happy with, you know, the recon V2s. And if you guys ever see me in a match or whatever, come over. I'll be more than happy to show you show you a tripod. Or if you got any questions, give us a call. I'll yeah, be I was, you with an email. Yeah, I was literally just about to say that you are a very uh, – you are a super approachable guy. And you will take the time as much as you need to answer questions or help. Or if someone's got a tripod of yours that they want you to look at something, and you're you're all about it. And, and so yeah. that that's – that says a lot as well. So, uh, where can everybody get a hold of you at? Uh, so, you guys can give us a call if you have any questions. It's uh, 518-852-7820, extension 1. Or you can shoot us an email at info at 2 com or the website, www.2vetsportinggoods.com. That's awesome, dude. Well, look, again, Dan, I appreciate you coming on. I, you really kind of saved me because <laughs> I really needed to record a fucking podcast. and. Um, just so everybody knows, I was, I was looking to get Keith Baker back on. If you don't, if you're, if you don't know about it, uh, Keith, uh, had a pretty unfortunate accident at the bomber run match, uh, a little over a month ago, he, uh, slipped on some ice and fucking detached his hamstring from his pelvis. And according to the doctor that invented the surgery to fix that, who is going to be his surgeon, it is one of the most painful things a man can can experience uh obviously we don't we don't push small tiny humans out of uh out of our assholes um 
but it, as far as a man can do, I, I can't imagine other than maybe getting your dick lopped off that anything hurting worse than maybe splitting your sack or detaching your hamstring from your pelvis, but your sciatic nerve is right there. Anyway, he has been he's been in kind of shit shape until recently, and now he's he's getting to where he's um, able to to put you know two and two together because his brain is. I mean, he went he was in shock forever, uh, like physical and mental shock from the pain. And uh, but anyway, next week he should be coming on. We will be. Um, I'm I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I can get him on next week. He told me Sunday that he'd be looking at next week, be fine. Uh, we're going to talk what we touched on, which was on the last time I had Keith on, of barrel break-in. Because I do not do barrel break-in. I just shoot the damn thing. And he is, hey, I'm going to do, uh, my dasher barrel gets here this week, my new dasher barrel. We've already talked about it. I'm going to go through his break-in procedure and hope that it, you know, We'll see. We'll see what it does, and we're going to talk to him about it, and and also what he's got going on about the accident, about everything else, and still trying to get Andy on. I'm going to get up with Andy. We're going to do an in person podcast, uh, do some shooting, do some training, then do a podcast. So uh, stick around for that. But again, Dan, you you hooked it up because I needed a podcast this week, and I had nothing lined up. And you, I asked you, I called you today. Hey, you do a podcast? You're like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So I appreciate, it, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yep. All right. So uh, just stay on the line. I'm going to end this recording, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll get done with that. Anyway, as always, thanks for the support, guys. Uh, Cody Hansen, don't forget, uh, shoot me an email with your address, and I'll get this package out to you. Also, one last announcement. I just It just hit me, uh, and you're going to have one of these two coming, Dan. Uh, I've got uh, a new order of T-shirts in. So I've got a limited number, but because T-shirts are not as cheap as they once were uh, pre-pandemic, I guess, um, I'm just glad that I was able to get some. So uh, I'll, I'll do another announcement once I get them in, but T-shirts are coming, guys. So um, anyway, thanks for, uh, thanks for the support, guys. Peace.